We go on a nearly three-hour journey with John Wick as he tries to take on the high table, but also has to survive the ever-increasing number for his head. All that and more on this episode of Reels Review. Hello, hello, and welcome into this week's episode of Reels Review. I'm Donovan Weaver, and with me as always is Jack Myrick. Jack, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. Both my classes got canceled, so... That was nice. Yeah. How about yourself? Well, actually, my first class got canceled, and then my second class did not get canceled, but I, I was feeling a little ill this morning, you know, a little cough. Uh, didn't didn't think it was wise for me to go in today, so I just uh, I texted Jeff, that's my uh, professor, and I was like, hey, Jeff, you know, I'm just not feeling great today. I think I'm going to have to miss the class, and he was like, hey, Donovan, you're the light of my world. You've seen you every Tuesday and Thursday. really makes life worth living, but hey, if you're too sick to come in, then uh, you probably shouldn't, so uh, I decided not to. I'm guessing you started feeling better when the Braves started playing. Yeah, weirdly enough, that, along with the episode of Ted Lasso I watched this morning, uh, it just like put me in a better mood. I guess it's like a placebo effect, you know. Uh, I thought it was going to help me, so it did. Uh, I learned that from it, Pennywise. Pennywise uh, taught me the great ways of the placebo. So, Well, that leads us to the villain of the movie we, just, we watched this weekend. We watched separately. You saw... John Wick Chapter Four Saturday night was it? I did. So I went home this weekend because it was my bro- it was the end of my brother's spring break and he wanted to see me. We're pretty close, so we decided to go down and watch John Wick Chapter Four. Yeah, on uh, Saturday afternoon, nice little afternoon. It is a three hour movie, so just to let y'all know when y'all go in today or when when you do go watch it because you should watch it. Uh, it is a three hour movie, so it's a long haul. But uh, no, it was a nice little weekend. We both enjoyed it a lot. Uh, action sequences were incredible. This franchise continues to push the boundaries of what people can do nowadays with technology. I I feel like our biggest criticism of Marvel has been the effects department, how just every it's just CGI people fighting CGI people. But this movie blends practical, real sets with CGI. It's it's seamless and it's it's really incredible what they've done. But very entertaining movie, very fast paced for a three hour movie. I never thought it dragged. Uh plot was a little little shaky but overall i really enjoyed it yeah plot i don't know how can you say plot when he wick he only spoke a total of like 380 words over the three hours i forgot if you don't have a character that talks there's no plot in the movie you're right you're right you're you are right about that but i'm just saying that that shows you how much the action was the focus of this movie yeah no i i well Everybody I've talked to loves this, like, was just, like, raving about it. Of course, I mean, all the critics are saying it's amazing, too. Everybody I've talked to has loved it. But I've found that while I I liked it a lot, I don't think it's quite as good as everybody's making it out to be. The action is incredible, but I feel like there are some problems with how long some of the action pieces take place. Mm -hmm. You know, some action sequences are, like, 25 minutes when, not going to lie, I feel like you can cut 10 minutes of that. Because a lot of the same action sequences kind of they do he does the same thing like and it'll just be like one guy coming to fight john after the other and he beats him in the same way and it's cool to see keanu reeves like kick butt and it's really well filmed but i felt like a lot of those action pieces were just a little too long because the plot's really simple it's a really simple plot basically john needs to go take out these people and then he you know eventually ends up doing that and then it's just a bunch of action set pieces in between all that. But it was entertaining. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it 
he doesn't really take out the people because his main goal at the beginning was he was taking out the high table. He yeah, that, the high, like the high priest, I think it was called, or something or, like that. It's like the high, no, it's like all the people are on the high table, so it's like. Yeah, I, yeah, the, the main guy on the high table. But no, I think it's like a group. So remember, he's talking about like, he's talking to Winston. And yeah. He's like, yeah, and Winston's like, I don't think you're going to be able to get all of them, like, because they'll just be like, in the, uh, and then they'll appoint another one. Yeah. Of, uh, we, for the villain, which is Marquis. Yeah. Marquis. So, um, but yeah, I, that one was kind of confusing. Cause I thought this was going to be more him hunting them down. Instead, he fought. They're kind of like, I don't, I'm trying to think like, what would you call him? Because he's not a henchman. There, There is a couple logic gaps in the movie uh, that I don't think people are seeing because there is this huge problem with, yeah, he does kill the Marquis. That's what he's called. Alexander Skarsgård, that's the, the big bad of the movie. Once he does kill him, yeah, w- they're just going to point another guy. And I feel like th- they address that in the movie, but it's like it, John John's uh motivation is is kind of unclear. He wants to kill, he wants to like eradicate the high table, but he also wants his freedom. And but he, so he gets his freedom, so he achieves that, but he doesn't eradicate the high table. They're still there. Again, yeah. there's some there's yeah, there's there's a couple things in this movie where if you think about it too long, it's going to start to not make sense. So I would almost say don't think about it too long. Just watch the movie and enjoy yourself if you want to have the best time with it. Because I think the more you get into it, the more it kind of it kind of breaks down. But that leads us kind of into the movie. And what we we'll, we'll go over characters. Uh, John Wick is played by Keanu Reeves, and Keanu Reeves steps back into this role. Amazing. I wish he'd had more dialogue. I I, I get the the you know the he's kind of like hardened over the past uh, few films. Yeah, I, I get the Stoics that just kind of sits there and doesn't speak a whole lot and just kicks butt but I mean to an extent like Keanu Reeves talks a good bit in the first John Wick not like a whole lot but yeah he doesn't really talk a whole lot he talks more than he does in this one and it's it's more die it's more well you gotta think in the the first one uh when the antagonist calls him and he's on the phone with him talking like hey John this you know sorry about this like I'm sorry about your wife all this like he John Wick doesn't say nothing on the phone. He just sits there, and then when he hangs up the phone, his henchman's like, "Well, what do you say?" He's like, "Enough." I think that was a cool little yeah. But, I mean, that shows you what kind of like person he is. I think after his wife dies, after his dog dies, his first dog, his wife get gifted him. Yeah, it but really he, hard on him as a human being. Yeah, but he's. I mean, he says more phrases than just yeah or. It's finished or stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, true. It, it's it, not one line. It feels like this is just a bunch of one lines, which is cool. I love it. Again, the beginning. It's kind of Clint Eastwood. I love the opening when uh, you got Lawrence Fishburne talking, doing this little monologue, and it's showing you all these different places. And then he walks in there, and John's you know punching a, a bag or something like a, a punching dummy, and he just says, "Are you ready, John?" And Counter Rich just turns around and goes, "Yeah." I loved it. I, takes. I thought it was really cool, but no, he he played the character great. I mean, for like a fifty-eight-year-old man, God, he can move. Like it's really impressive. I know I'm serious. Like, did he do his own stunts? Yeah, he did. He he does his own stunts at every movie. Oh wow. Yeah, he, he's. I mean, him and Tom Cruise, man. They I just say all I hear is Cruise when I hear like stunts done by the actors. Yeah, but you know, him and Tom Cruise, they just they continue to just I don't know tear it up. Uh, Ian McShane as Winston. I think he's he's always like the standout. He he plays that role so well. Uh, uh just that kind of guy that 
seems like he's almost like a father fi- figure for John Wick, but he's also he's also got like his own selfish motivations. So you don't really know what he's playing at. And even John says that John's like you always have other motivations. So uh, I thought he was good, and you know everybody else was great. I think staying out of the movie, movie was Donnie Yen, and everybody's been saying this is Kane. Um, I thought he was incredible. It's really hard to make a character as likable as John Wick, as popular as John Wick is. So John Wick to that franchise is like Luke Skywalker to, you know, Star Wars. It's Which uh, he also, uh, Donnie Yen, he also played in Rogue One, another blind, uh, just incredible just fighter. Yeah, well, yeah, but the, I think the only difference is like the character motivations is he actually has stakes. Like mm-hmm. t- the easiest way to connect with someone is to relate to them, and you know why he's doing all this. He has to go find and kill a friend because he's trying to save his daughter, and so you instantly get what he's doing. You understand his motivations. Again, he kicks butt in this movie. He was a standout. You also have uh, Shamir Anderson, who I've never even seen play the tracker character, Mister Nobody. I thought he was incredible. Again, just the whole cast. And then you have Alexander Skarsgård, who's always good as the marquee. Uh, I feel like he didn't shine quite as much as I would have liked him to, but I felt like he, he did uh, he did strong. I don't know. Who were some of your favorite characters? I really liked uh, Koji, the guy that owned the Osaka Continental. Oh, yeah. I thought he was really cool. Yeah. Kane, obviously, he was cool. Mr. Nobody, he was an interesting character. Kind of like he had like with his dog. Winston, I feel like, kind of shined a bit later in the movie. I feel like he always does. Dude, I'm telling you, um, Ian McShane, he's just he's just a fantastic actor. And every movie he's in with the Sean Wick franchise, I like him more. He's just really good. Really, really good at playing that specific role, at least. Yeah. Who who do you think is probably the, the worst character? Which character, like... Because to me, I didn't feel like any of the characters really were lackluster. I felt like they all did a good job. Again, uh, going back to Alexander Skarsgård, who I I think is fantastic as an actor. I mean, golly, um, he was in my nightmares as Pennywise there for a while. He's, I mean, he just he just dives into whatever role he's in, and I feel like he's really good as the marquee. I just like I didn't I didn't get enough from him. Yeah, to me, I only felt like he had like one. He had two standout scenes. Obviously, when he kills um, uh, Charon is that his name? Charon. Yeah, yeah. When he kills Charon, that that's a good scene. And then when he when he stabs Mister Nobody's hand. But beside those two scenes, I feel like we didn't get a whole lot of his personality. He's just kind of stoic. He's always just dressed really nice. He doesn't really get his hands dirty. I would have liked to have seen a little more from that villain because we already got the villain that doesn't really get his hands dirty in the second one. Mm-hmm. So we we already got that style of a villain. I would have liked to have seen Alexander Skarsgård. I don't know, maybe like a little bit more of like a. I don't even know what I'm saying because he wasn't bad. I, I like him more menacing, almost. Yeah, because he was just like the rich guy that's like, "Hey, I'm paying exactly all these people." Again, he wasn't bad, but I just feel like he didn't. Um, it's almost like he was like a placeholder villain for. Again, Kane. Kane was like the Kane was technically the guy trying to kill John the whole movie, but he's not really the villain. Yeah, he he wasn't. It's not like he. I guess you could not say his motive wasn't to kill. John Wick, because he was really just trying to make sure his daughter was safe and all that. He was just he was doing it contract work, and so he had to. So it mainly forced him to be the antagonist a little bit to John throughout this movie, and 
I feel like we didn't get enough of them a little bit fighting because what we maybe had really just one fight scene between them. Now I think about it, and then they had a lot of interaction when like the scene uh, with Killa or Killia, however it's pronounced. But uh, like that scene was interesting when they're sitting down playing the cards, and then obviously later on when they fight together and then they lead up to the duel, their duel. So. Which I think so. The duel dialogue was great between them. I love the duel. I love the ending of this movie. I thought it was great. Um, I feel like we got enough in that one scene where they fought. Again, I feel like the one thing this movie does not lack is enough action because uh, you get plenty of it. If you love action and you just like seeing people fight and do different types of sword and gunplay, go watch this because it's, yeah, this is it's your film. right up your alley. There's a and. Each set piece outdoes itself, which is impressive because the first big set piece is the um, is the Osaka Continental. Osaka Continental, which is, which again is really good. And you're like, well, they can't get bigger than this. And then they basically fight all over Paris, uh, which you're like, okay, they can't get bigger than this. And then you have that great overhead tracking shot, which everybody's been talking about. How it almost looks like a video game when he's got the blasting around the fire rounds. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, the game Hotline Miami because that's like a top-down view. Where so immediately when I saw that, that's the first thing I thought about, and that's all I've seen online. People comparing it to that, and it did. The whole movie felt like a video game to me, where it's like limited dialogue, a lot of just action, just going through henchman after henchman, just and then a lot of them when they got to the Paris scene. They were kind of dressed the same. They all had, like, the same coat. That just might be me not remembering. But I remember them all had, like, a like Carhartt. But I know it wasn't Carhartt, but, like, the color of Carhartt. And I remember that was one of the things I was thinking. I was like, it's like the – like, that's what made me think of video games. It's like he's fighting those henchmen because, like, in video games, it's always the same, like, character model. Like, after a while, like – I like feel, in the Arkham games. No, I feel like that's a perfect way to describe this movie. It is a video game almost. You've got – It'd be like if you're playing um, like a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. So you have a little bit of story. You have a couple cutscenes, right? You have the cutscene to set it up. Or no, you have your initial mission. So he's got to kill the... Uh, God. I just feel like it's like the Arkham series. Yeah. You ever played those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's what it reminded me of because he's just one yeah. by one taking yeah. them out. Yeah, you kill, the, uh, you kill the... You do your first little mission, little introduction mission. He mm-hmm. kills the member of the high table. Then you get your little cut scene and then you get your big action scene where you go play the character. You get another cut scene and then another big action sequence. And that's literally how it plays. And most of the guys he kills in this movie and he, he probably kills upwards of like, what, 150 people. I mean, it's a ton. Yeah. He, it's just like, it's it just people are like fodder. And, which probably leads to my biggest criticism of the movie. And I think you've touched on this too. And you hate this more than I do. So this probably bothered you a lot more than it bothered me. But in John Wick, of course it's a movie. So he, he, he takes damage a little better than the normal human would. But it was still believable in the first John Wick. You're like, you know, I can see that. I don't think it ever stretched credibility too bad. With each movie in this franchise, they keep stretching that stretching that credibility to the point where John Wick can get shot multiple times, can get hit by five cars, and can fall out of a four story building and get and hit a car, and then not only not die off that, but just kind of get up and walk away like nothing happened. And that's a little too much for me. I wonder where that started because I always use Fast and Furious as an example. Where, like, the first movies are, like, you know, car clubs, all their street racing. 
And then now you have them jumping out of helicopters, jumping out of space, these crazy things. And another film series that did that was Pitch Perfect. They're literally singing. The third one, they're jumping off an exploding yacht. Yeah, we got we got to go bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, like why? I, it's kind of weird when you think about. It. I I don't know why. Which it doesn't kill the movie for me. Which it doesn't, I, but I see. I I would under see. This is how I say it. I understand that that would kill the movie for you because it because at the, at some point you're like okay, and. I will say it almost gets cartoonish to an extent, and I tell you the one where it gets really cartoonish is when he's. Uh, it was the stair fight. Mm-hmm. That that's the one where I was like, okay, this has gone too far. I don't love this. I didn't. I didn't like that he fought his way up the stairs, and then gets pushed down the stairs because it was funny. I laughed. I, I, that's what I was about to say because when I was watching that, I was when I saw that I knew I could just picture you sitting there just cackling to yourself Are, over the fact he just kept falling and falling well, and falling. I was in a pretty packed theater, and everybody laughed, like busted out laughing, because it was funny. It, it was it was comical. I was just, he just kept falling, and then he kept falling. And I was like, this is supposed to be a serious movie, a serious action movie. That's the one where I was like, you went, you went too far. You went just a little too far. And that's when it just kind of I was like, okay, I gotta throw I gotta throw this out of my mind, or this will ruin the movie for me. Again, it doesn't ruin it for me, but I think it is a. I wish they would have I don't know toned it down a little because of the car scene where they're battling around that famous I don't, I don't what, what landmark is that I don't care that archway in uh, Paris, uh, that archway and just people are getting hit by cars and it's funny. Arc de Triomphe, I think says. Yeah, what, no, I mean, no one cares about France, but uh, yeah, that place. There's a lovely place. But it gets, it, it's funny. It's just, it's a, it's really funny. People are just bouncing off cars. So, again, I think that probably is that and the minimal plot, which I feel like one of these movies is like minimal plot's fine. It's an action movie, but so what? What overall would you say is your favorite scene? I thought the card scene was really good, and but uh, when they're all playing cards, and it's like reminiscent of. It made me think of what they all wanted, because you have um, you had a uh, the tracker who was trying to like buy his way out, which is what he's trying to do in the whole movie. His whole purpose is he wants more money, uh, and then you have John who's trying to kill his way out, which is what he tries to do. Uh, and so I like that scene a lot. Uh, and then, but immediately after they go in the Fight Club, which I know everybody's made this joke where how people just keep dancing. I know that I, I was. <laughs> The first one they do that. Literally, they're just popping off shots, and then they're all still like, "Oh yeah!" Like I wish they would put like their like uh, late two thousands like black or black eyed peas just in the background or something. Yeah, I think that would have been fu- uh, funny to hear. Just like uh, black eyed peas playing, and everyone's just dancing. Yeah, it wouldn't fit the scene, but I just think that would be funny. But, but yeah, no, no one. I, I throughout it was weird. People would start reacting, and. They would literally fire guns. People just like they'd look at it, and then they would just go back. Yeah, go back, go back to like, dancing. Uh, but I think the best scene in the movie is the uh, the ending scene. You think so? The duel. The duel. Yeah, the duel was great. And then how John dies, which I I thought was actually pretty nice. I liked it. I, I like that scene. I like how you get the flashback to him and his wife, and went and he said he says something to Winston. He's like, uh, "Can you take me home?" And then he just goes and sits down, and then he dies. Hopefully, allegedly, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that. But um, really, really nice ending scene. Really nice ending scene for the franchise. I liked mm-hmm. it a lot. So probably that ending scene. 
But the Osaka, uh, the Osaka uh, fight was nice too. That whole sequence, and it's like a big, like thirty-five minute sequence, like the, from the beginning, from when you first meet the tracker to the ending fight between, uh, golly, whose character's fight uh, was uh, the sword fight? Uh, Kane. It, yeah, yeah, it's Kane, and who's the other guy? Uh, Shudi, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, that their fight. That that was really nice. Yeah. So that whole sequence. How about you? What was your favorite scene? I. Th- I think I'm going to go with probably the staircase. I think that just... So after I just crapped on it and yeah, said it was I just think, too, way too comical, you're... <laughs> I think it was inter- like an interesting, like... It probably I don't think it's the best, but I think it was most interesting to me. Just him having to fight his way up, like, get, like, just to get to the duel. Yeah, I like the initial. Now, I get the one, the one setback is uh, when the uh, Chitty character uh, kicks... Um, Wick down the stairs. I feel like if they had him where like he walked down the stairs, kicked him again like a couple more times or something, and said stuff to him, and then you cut to Kane slowly coming up the stairs, then that could have been cool. Uh, I probably would also say another good scene, or maybe not good scene, but like I think the audience felt it when knowing the what went on with Sharon's uh Sharon's death. Oh yeah, because it was so unexpected. Because you're like he's about to. Uh, Marquis about he's threatening Winston. He just destroyed the hotel, and then he points a gun at Sh- Winston, and then immediately shoots Sharon or Sharon. I think that was really like gut wrenching for all because like the character of Sharon was really interesting. He was kind of he was like the gatekeeper of everything, and then the actor realized Lance Riddick passes. It's like oh, that 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 one. I think it, if, if you're especially if you're a fan of that actor, that probably hurt some people. Yeah, uh, again, he's, uh, you know, rest in peace to him. He's He is a fantastic as- actor. You know, he's known for The Wire, which mm-hmm. is lauded as one of the greatest TV shows of all time. And then uh, in the John Wick franchise, he's like that staple. He's a guy that doesn't get a ton of screen time, but he's memorable, which are always, to me, like the most interesting characters, the ones that you don't see a whole lot, but you remember them. And I think that's a credit to the acting because he doesn't get a lot of dialogue. So, yeah, his character's written well, but that's a credit to the actor. So, fantastic actor, apparently. And then, again, you've seen, like, everybody say how great of a man he was, too. So, no, I felt that. I felt it a lot. And you you tell, like, people, like, let out, like, a gasp in my theater when that happened. Because, it was, again, it was unexpected. You were just like, oh, crap, like, wow. Because this is, like, a staple of the franchise character. And, and then he just, he's like that guy you, you're like, if anybody's not going to die, it's going to be him, right? Because he's just, like, the... The guy that he, yeah, he's, he's at the he checkout says desk. His, his line, his, I think, his biggest line. Of the, well, one of the biggest lines of the movie overall. But such is life when he says that, and that stayed throughout the movie. Winston kept with that. He's like, such is life. No, oh, that was not. I'm yeah. telling you, dude. Well, uh, Winston is a standout character in this movie. But yeah, no, I agree. That that was a great scene too. I, um, Alexander Skarsgård was really good in that scene as the Marquis. It was a good introduction to him too. I'm like, oh man, this this character's like he doesn't care. And then you also have that uh, the scene with the tracker where he stabs him. I'm like, golly, this could have been a really good character if y'all just gave him like a couple more of those kind of scenes. Yeah, but I don't know. So, what finally? What would scenes? What do you think of the post credit? I've got a confession to make. What is that? I didn't say for the post credit. See it? You know what? You know, real quick. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm. This actually could be a bigger topic. And I know why they do it. 
because the people want you to stay and read everybody's names or what they do it. But the fact that the MCU has made post-credit scenes the norm really annoys me. After I get done with a two-hour and 50-minute movie, I want to get out of there. I I don't want to have to stay and sit through the credits to watch whatever you're going to show me. And a lot of times the post-credit scene isn't worth it. Now, I I did hear that this post-credit scene is really good, and I meant to go back and watch it. And I know it sets up up a character that uh, another big criticism of this movie... God, what, what's her name? What's uh? Well, I was gonna say you want me to tell you what. It, I know, so. I know what happens, but what, what what's her name? Uh, Akira. Akira. She's okay. So after, let's go back. I guess to jump, jump real quick, jump to the Osaka Continental fight scene at the end. Her dad, the owner Koji, he is killed by Kane in duel. Kane tries to leave him be, but he's like, uh, like he's gonna like he's gonna fight for his honor. He's gonna make sure like protect the hotel as much as possible. But it's, I mean, it's a lost cause, and Kane knows it. He's like, look, just stay, protect your liar, like, stay with him. So Koji goes to kill him, gets destroyed by Kane. Then Akira has to see all that happen. Kane's like, I know, I'll be ready for you. I'll be waiting on you, because he knows she's going to come back for revenge. And then as Akira is escaping, she goes to the train, escapes with John, and look, goes up to John and is like, if you don't kill him, I will like mainly try to get revenge on Kane. And that's really what this post credit ends up setting up is Kane seeing his daughter and like he's bringing her flowers. And then you cuts to someone in the crowd, which is Akira. And it cuts, it ends with her like with like a switchblade popping out. And that's like her about to, it implies that either Kane's dead or there's a fight. Yeah. That's well, that's a really good scene. I just wish you would have put that at the end of the movie. And I get, I get it, it's about John, or you, or you would have just saved it for. I get it. You, you've got to, you've got to tease the audience for an upcoming movie. But what if we never get that? Because that's not confirmed. That's yeah. a, that's a really good scene, and that was my biggest credit. One, one of the big criticisms I was watching, I was like, I was like, where's Akira in this? She was actually a good character, and I felt like she was going to be in the movie more than she was. And she was good. She's a really good character. And I know, like, a big criticism, just like historically, has been like male dominated films and you know women don't aren't really seen as like action heroes and stuff like that so when you do uh and then you got akira who just instantly pops off the screen i thought she was really again character like every character is written well in this movie she popped off the screen and she just just goes away and i'm like where'd she go like she just don't like she never shows up again so i guess i would have felt a little more satisfied if i would have waited you know the five minutes for the post-credit scene but again you should want to get out of there how, how how long after was the post-credit was it just like we went over the actors and then they showed it before they showed the long credits or did they do the long credits first i, I cannot remember i watched it Sunday and it's blur after Again, studying for exams I, i'm just I, i'm just annoyed with post-credit scenes I, I will say this though what was interesting so the actress that played Akira, they found her. The director literally just looked up Japanese like pop star on YouTube, and then just like met, reached out to her and was like, "Would you like to be in John Wick?" And that that's that's pretty much like, I think that's pretty impressive. Like, uh-huh. I mean, I don't know if she had any acting experience before, but that, that's I mean, I thought she did really well. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they like. I'm assuming she had a stunt double, but again, they shot around it really well. She did do very well. She was very good. And I felt it on the train when she was like, "Either you kill him or I kill him." I'm like, oh, we're that's going. To, we, is that going to pay off later? Yeah, no. But I, I guess that post credit scene makes more sense. Which again, I know people have been wondering, like, 
Is there going to be a John Wick 5? Is there going to be a John Wick 5? Of course there is, because people like money, even though there shouldn't be. This film franchise, I wish, would be done, because it was a great ending. But they're probably going to make another one. I would really love to see a Kane and Akira movie. Her trying to track him down. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, I think it'd be because cool. it'd be interesting because you get it. You know why she wants to kill him, but you but you love Kane, so you don't want him to die either. That's literally what this movie did. You had two great characters. You had John Wick and Kane, and you're like, I don't want either of these guys to die. Like, I like both of them, and you could literally have that again with Akira and Kane, and then and then you you'll keep me guessing. Does Akira kill Kane? Does she forgive him by the end? Well, I guess that that leads us to the questions. So I guess we can start off since we're already talking about. Do you? Th- think they're going to have Kira getting her revenge, or do you think they do the spinoff film with maybe an eventual team-up, or one of them's going to have to die? I think I think they've set it up good enough, because usually I would be like, spinoff movies, or just don't do it. I think, and this, this harkens back to the conversation we had about DC, if you can establish your main franchise, people will come for the other stuff. So, this movie was great and established those. So John, we come for John Wick, right? We come for Keanu Reeves, see him kick butt. But we and we we saw that and we got that and we enjoyed it. And we also got these other characters we got introduced to who are really well written. So you're like, well, you know, maybe Keanu Reeves is in this next uh, John Wick universe movie. But I really like these characters, so I'll give them a shot. I would like to see that. I would like to see her trying to take out Kane. I think that would be a really cool. Cool story, uh, but what I think they're going to do is probably come back with John Wick 5 because this movie made a crap ton of money. A crap ton. just And it's still ranking in money. $78 million first weekend. That's that's huge for a rated R film. That is. That's, that's pretty big. For a rated R film not based off like a previous huge IP because John Wick just kind of came out of nowhere in 2014 when it originally came out. Is it pretty much just Deadpool and John Wick are the rated R films that rake in the money? Because Deadpool's the only movie I can think of that's a series that's rated R that just... Rakes in money, mm-hmm. yeah. that Those two. It's because you... I'm telling you, it's it's weird when you when you make quality movies and you just... and you just... you go for escapism and you don't try to like, I don't know, shoehorn in like stuff... Uh, things make money. MC, you could learn from that. Well, do you think, another question, do you think Wick died in this movie? I think he did, but they're going to bring him back. I think the director wanted him to die. You you know, the, the director and Keanu Reeves are like, we're taking a break. Like, we want to be done. Uh, I think the director wants this, I think he wants Wick's story to be over. But they were like, hey, you know, yeah, you can kill him, but like, make it like a not like, we could bring him back. So when when Winston's like, I don't know if he's in heaven or hell, but whatever, you're just like, he could still be alive. The vibe I get, I didn't think he died. I got the vibe of The Dark Knight Rises, that, like the ending of that, uh, where it's literally, it's Dark Knight Rises, right? That's the third one. Yeah, and then, so and then it's literally him at the table. And Alfred gives him yeah, a little look. Nah, yeah, yeah. It's meme to death, yeah. I See, that's the vibe I got. I could, they, it'd be funny if they recreated that and had Winston be that and just give him a little nod across the table. That's the vibe I got. But if he did die, do you think, because with the Heaven and Hell comment, do you think he reunites with his wife? Is he a man deserving of that? I mean, you ask me, like, as a Christian, do I think he's going to Heaven or Hell? Well, you can, no, just, just your perspective. Just, you know, he did. He didn't kill dogs. You know, that's a, it's a big, it's a big thing. And he did, 
Well, in the first one, he struggled because he didn't kill the woman at first. You know, she's like, you're weak for that. And then... He's probably... He's got, you know, he might have some redeemable qualities. Oh, I think he's got... Oh, I think he's a great character. Just, just trying to keep... And, and I think in his heart of hearts, he's a good person. Yeah. But uh, I don't know how you justify killing that many people. This is where I thought... No, yeah, I think I think if we're, if we're going theological on this, do I think he's in heaven or hell? I think he's burning. I do <laughs> so not think he's, I don't think he's going with his wife. So okay, here's one thing. No I, happy ending. No happy ending. Okay, here's one of the things I thought about, which I will lead into another question with it, is you know, since he is getting beat up and just beat up, he falls out of five story building or whatever and just onto a car, gets up walks i mean he doesn't like just walk away but he does pretty much just walk away at the end like just gets up and like everything fine and then he falls in the club you know hits his back then falls again i forgot about that one too yeah Yeah. that 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 should have got he gets he gets beat up he gets beat up pretty bad it's like dewey and scream he gets he gets messed up i think it's worse than dewey but go ahead i don't know Dewey. dewey that second movie in the uh recording when he, like, when he gets shot or no, stabbed, no, no, he gets stabbed. stabbed. He gets yeah. stabbed like, molt, like, and then, um, yeah. but anyway, we're getting off topic as we usually do. But I think what they could have done for like maybe set it up as the last two films since they've kind of stretched reality a bit, especially this one, you could be like, John Wick is actually dead and this is his like purgatory in a way. And at the end is mostly him accepting like his fate of heaven or hell, and that's just him going on to the next like, you know, next life. I think that was. I mean, that's me being like, because you know, I like come up with theories and stuff. I know that's nothing what they probably intend. They could intend it because you know sometimes they I, try to go for a deepening. But I think I, like you're saying, oh, like for a way to bring him back. Not a way to bring him back, but maybe like a subtle, like if you want to look at it in a deep way of explaining his just plot armor. So I mean, I, I mean, that's what it is. It's plot armor. It's yeah. mainly to make him look cool, and then I'll give you survive. I'll give you credit for trying to bail the writers out for. I wouldn't say bail him. I just think it gives it a deeper meaning because, like, because then you look at that scene maybe a little differently if you saw it as, oh, he's accepting like, oh, I've done all this stuff in my life. Like he's in purgatory, and then just yeah, you're basically going yeah, like what they do in Puss in Boots. That, that's what I you didn't watch it, but that, yeah, that's I what I, that that, in Puss in Boots he he has nine lives, so he dies eight times, and it's kind of it, it's it's exactly what you're talking about. And then he gets to his last life, and then at the end of the movie, death death is trying to get him. That's the wolf in the movie, and at the end of the movie, Puss accepts like you know what, if I die, I die. Like he he finally accepts like the reality of death, and that's when death's like that's when he backs off. He's like, okay, like you know, you, like you kind of learned your lesson. You learned what I wanted uh, you to learn. So no, I think that, that that's a really cool idea, and and it's and again, it's done. I mean, that, that's a quote which you just said pretty much in the movie. In the final duel, Kane and Wick says, I think is I don't I think yeah, Wick is the one that I think I don't remember the exact quote, but it's mainly like a man that. I guess kind of like fears no death, it, it doesn't die. Yeah, and yeah. then Kane's like a man that does fear death or clings to life dies. Like, yeah, no, no, it's a, yeah, that is a good quote. No, so no, you basically just described the thing of Puss in Boots, and that's probably why it's such a great, great movie because it is a really good idea. I don't, I don't think if if you want to like kind of tell yourself that, but I don't think that's what they intended. I think, I think they just, um, <laughs> I think they just try to go bigger with the script and. 
they're like, man, if we want to go bigger, John Wick's going to have to basically become a superhero, which basically what he is. Yeah, so... He's with, a superhero. Well, I know we spoke on it a little bit earlier. How... how So, how overall do you really think feel about the realism, like, the realism of the first one to now it's being stretched, the reality of action and stuff. Do you think it's good for the franchise for uh, evolving like that? Or do you think no. it should stick to its rules that it set in the first one? I'm fine if a movie comes out and you've established, hey, people can get shot thousands of times and not die, and people can fall off 8,000-story buildings and not die. That's fine. But you need to. But once you've established that this is the real world, if you get shot in the head, you're dead. You need to abide by those rules in that same franchise. They obviously did not do that. Because, again, in the first one, I know he takes some damage, but it's still believable to an extent. You know, I know he get, he'll, he'll get like hit by a car or something like that, but, but you believe it. And this one, though, I mean, he should have died about 17 times. Yeah. I, I think once a movie franchise is established, once you establish your universe, you stick to the rules of the universe. You can't just change them on a will. Again, that's that's my biggest criticism with the movie. And I think that will make a couple people like sour to this. Because otherwise, you know, this is getting universal praise, but I feel like that's going to be the thing. Like, you know, I, like if, if you really love the original John Wick, you might not technically love this one quite as much just for that fact, even if you love everything else. So that, that's my this, thoughts of it. Do you think this one is better than the first? No. No. Yeah, I, I agree with not that. Not in close. I... I thing what you were saying i was thinking about well yeah when he gets hit by the car in the first one like the final scene and stuff he gets beat up pretty bad like but he gets beat up worse in this film and he doesn't have as much scratch a lot and worse a whole lot worse and he walks around yeah, just, more fine in this I mean, one he, he he still shows it like obviously he's exhausted and stuff but in the first one he showed like he was crumbling like he was it looked like he was about to die already and that's, I think that's what puts the edge over me for the first one because the first one was so cool just because it was set in this like realism, you know. He had to reload ever, I think it was it was fifteen. I really don't know the guns too well, but it's he has to reload like in real life, like because you're gonna have to reload. You can't just fire off like unlimited bullets. Yeah, anybody that's played Siege knows that. Yeah, yeah, big big Siege guy. Big Siege guy. Yeah, big Siege guy. But uh, but yeah, I think that hurts it for me when it, when I'm comparing it to the. But I know I shouldn't compare it to the first. No, I feel like you have to. Yeah, that that too, because like it is a part of the franchise. But I feel like some like you have to do it to an extent, because otherwise you kind of chain yourself to it. You anchor like you're stuck going back to that first movie. Well, great a great example of this. Once you do that, I think it hurts your franchise because the greatest example I can think of this is Star Wars in the sequel trilogy suddenly these new force powers get introduced to where you're like, oh, those are cool force power. Wait, if you can do that in this universe, why didn't Luke do this in Return of the Jedi? Why didn't he bring somebody back to life? Why didn't he do that in Empire? It hurts your franchise when you've already established rules of the universe. You can't just make up willy-nilly on a whim because then you go back and look at that first John Wick and you're like, why is John, man, he's younger in this one. Why is he, ta- like, why is this one, like, he fell off of, you know, Seven story building in the in the in the fourth one. Why why is you know getting hit by a car? And in this one, he got hit by seven in the fourth one. Yeah, it hurts your film. It stretches credibility. And again, I think that that bothers you a lot more because I know that's a that's a big uh, caveat of the original screen movie, the ending, where yeah. it's the double tap. Even 
Uh, and that didn't bother me at all because it was playing to the horror tropes, but you're just like, ah, you're scratching credibility a little too much, which I get, I get it if that, if that's like a big hang up for you, but you know, I'm not, I'm not even huge on that fact, but the fact that this one stood out so much to me, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's a little egregious almost. And if it wasn't so, so good of an action film and the characters weren't well written, it probably bothered me more, but this is a very well-made movie. So it's almost like I'm letting it slide. But if you if we're having like a deep conversation about it, but yeah, it's it's a major problem, and I wish they wouldn't have done it. And also that first that first film just has the edge over it because I just feel like I like the plot better. It's a lot more just simple. They took just a simple plot of like a, a man uh, that's broken, yeah, pretty much. a man uh, that got his car stolen and his like someone stole your car and killed your dog. And you're like, oh, that's all you have for a plot? Like, how is that a great movie? Yeah, but, but it's a lot deeper than that. It's a lot it's deeper like... than that. And I feel like the first one's easily the best story. And the second one makes it like a universe. So, uh, which is a cool universe. The continent and all that is really cool in the high table and all that. But, again, I just feel like you can't beat that first one. Because it was just such a small-scale little story. Um, Plus it's shorter, too. A lot shorter. I think it's like an hour 50-something. Did the runtime bother you too bad in this one? It did a bit just because I went to a late showing because I was like, oh, it's, it's already this time. So I, I didn't, I didn't feel it till later on. I didn't like, I did feel like it was fast paced and went through, but later on is when it kind of really started to get to me. I was like, oh, this, I'm, I'm ready to go home. I know we're gonna t- we're gonna touch on this in more detail in like a later episode because I want to, re- I really want to get into this because I'm passionate about it. I feel like this one was warranted to the runtime, and I don't say that a lot. You know me. I hate movies that are over two hours and 30 minutes. I just like, especially because most of them don't need to be. But I will give them credit. This one felt, I, I never felt the runtime. Again, there was a lot of action set pieces where about like halfway through it, I'm like, okay. Like, okay, I'm, I'm cool. Like, I really like watching him beat up all these people, but we can we can move on now. I've seen enough. Uh, again, I feel like the action just dragged on a little too long for my liking. But it's not big enough negative for me to like point it out. Be like, you should have made this way shorter. But so I, I guess it, a little warranted on this movie. But for most movies, I, I feel like you could definitely help your movie out if you cut about thirty minutes out. That doesn't matter. Yeah. So finally, what would you? What would be your rating for this film? Because the ratings overall have been great. Like IMDb gave it eight point four out of ten. Metacritic. The meta score was 78, user score 8.7, Rotten Tomatoes 94 overall for both. I might not be as high on it, but what would yours be? Uh, so initially, I think I gave it a 4 out of 10 on Letterboxd. The more I think about it, it's pro- it'd probably drop a little bit. I'd probably I'd probably go 3.75 out of, out of 5, which were, I don't know, so maybe like 8.5 out of 10, maybe a little less than that. Again, in terms of like, if we're just in like entertainment value, it's like a 9.5 out of 10. I feel like it's very entertaining. I feel like anybody could watch this and be like, oh, this is awesome. Like, this is cool. If you like action movies, you're going to love this movie. But see, I I do like um, plot and dialogue. That's why I like Tarantino movies so much because, it, it, you know, he's got the blood and gore and it's he's very outlandish with all that. But you know, those scenes where people are just talking around a table. That's that's the kind of scenes I like in movies. Again, the opening scene in Inglorious Bastards um, is probably my favorite scene in movie history, and it's just two people talking for 15 minutes. Uh, but I, I, did, I did enjoy the action in this movie. 
again, I would have liked to, I would have liked John to have just said a little bit more of substance. Maybe not the word count. Uh, that didn't bother me too bad because I like the stoic killer who doesn't say much. But I would have liked to know what he's thinking a little more. You know, uh, so yeah, about eight point five out of ten. I think I think is fair. Not as good as the first one. And I might even like the second one just a tad bit more. I know that's like that's I know most people are saying this is either the first or second best of the franchise, but uh solid franchise and all though. I think all four movies are very, very watchable and are all good action movies. And considering we haven't really had a lot of movies like this, uh it's really good. I think this movie's really good for the uh, just movie business cinema. I think people are kinda going away from the uh again, the green screen fights. Uh we want more like real grounded action kind of like this i know this went overboard a little bit but yeah i enjoyed it a lot how about you i'm trying to think what would i give this this is kind of a hard uh movie to give a grade to i might go like a 7.5 yeah if i know we i think it's funny i don't know if you've noticed we jump a lot i jump around a lot on the scales we go from like a, a five a scale of five to a scale of ten so i guess that means next week whichever movie we're gonna do next week We'll be out of five because last week did I think we did five and the week before we did ten. No, one time we'll do out of a hundred. Yeah, we'll do out of a hundred. We'll maybe do one out of a uh, two point five. We'll really throw a wrench in it. Well, I think with the scale, real quick before uh, I hate to like cut you off. Uh, with scales though, I feel like the five when you give something a four out of five, you can give a lot of things a four out of five, but they can be vastly different on how good they are. When you get to ten, you can play with it a little more, and then when you get to a hundred, you can really play with it. You're like, this is an eighty-seven out of a hundred. Which movie. you can do the same thing with ten, though. You can just do like, yeah, but then you then you do put the like, points and the decimals. I'm not yeah. good at math, Jack. But okay, again, uh, but yeah, I think I'd go like seven point five or seventy-five out of hundred. <laughs> so I'd probably go with that. I think it is a movie that. If you're in action, if you've already seen this movie, like the John Wick franchise, you're going to love it. You're going to enjoy it. It's going to be fun. If you don't like gore, if you don't like non-family-friendly movies, uh, Zachary Levi said, I don't know if you saw that. Oh, man, that's just, golly. I I know he didn't really say it's way better. He was just taken out of context of the thing he did. I watched that. He's he's trying to get people to go see his movie. I don't know why people were were crapping on Zachary Levi a little too much, in my opinion. If you're looking for something that's not a family-friendly movie, and let's say you're going on a date with someone that really likes action movies, this is a movie for y'all. This is the movie that you're all going to enjoy, have fun with. You know, I, I think... But I, this is something I probably would really say with some movies. I don't. I do. I think it's rewatchable. No, I don't think. I don't think it's rewatchable for me. But I would probably really say this with some movies. I think this is a movie you can go by yourself to a theater overall and enjoy it. Yeah, and just have fun. Yeah, and it, it really is entertaining. Again, I feel like this is just an, a good old fashioned entertaining action movie like Die Hard. And we just don't get those a lot nowadays. So in my mind, this was a, just a really nice flavor in the movie business because we've we've gotten a lot of not stellar movies especially this year this this year's been kind of a down year for movies uh and john wick john i think i think most people most of my movie you guys are like yeah this is my favorite movie of the year and i i wouldn't say it's the best movie i've seen this year but it's probably the most entertaining it's probably the most fun i've had at a theater this year the crowd was really into it which is nice again i feel like this is one I would like to rank on the entertaining scale, uh, not based on like how is it as a, just a pure movie and the plot and you get all that. Just did I have fun with this? Yeah. I think you should go see it, even if you don't like was action. Was your theater packed? Yeah, it was. Mine was not packed. I went and see it in the Big D and 
pretty much. But I did go late showing, as I said. It was just it what, was just me. What day did you go again? I went Monday night. Yeah, see, that, that's a that's a bad day for movies. Uh, uh, just well, you know, I've got that AMC pass, so I go to the movies by myself all the time because I'm a really cool guy. Mondays are like that's the down day. See, I saw it um on a Saturday mid afternoon too. It's like three o'clock, packed. And most people I've talked to who have seen it, who watched it Thursday through Sunday, said their theater was pretty full. And again, it made seventy eight million the first weekend domestically, which is, I mean, Shazam only made thirty. Yeah, overall it's uh, one hundred and fifty two point seven million right now. You know what Lionsgate's saying? Let's get that fifth one out, yeah, baby. I- Let's turn that money. And that's a rated defibrillator out. Just sorry, like come on, John, get and that's back to life. I mean, that's impressive for a rated R franchise. That's just uh, that's about a fifty-eight-year-old man kicking butt. I feel like our perception as a society with like rated R movies has kind of slowly changed, though. Because going back to Deadpool, when I I feel like that in the first John Wick, people were like, "Oh, these movies can be." really good oh well, that's a topic for i think that's another topic we can get into a lot like a whole episode mm-hmm. of how people are desensitized to stuff now yeah and i feel like there's a lot of factors that go into that with just access to internet at such a young age and yeah. people are saying so i mean heck dude i watched and not my parents fault at all this was just i was at a friend's house i watched saw at like 14 and that's that's intense <laughs> i'm sorry i just oh I was expecting you to be like, I watched Saw at age seven, but then you said fourteen. Yeah, dude, four. Uh, yeah, That's people, people were getting their people were getting their like arms and legs cut off. I watched Jaws at five, and I watched a you know a little like a, a boy get turned over and blood spurted. I mean, that's, that's pretty intense too. Okay, I can understand that for five, but well, I, that explains a lot about your your shark. Oh yeah, your duh. Love of sharks, I should say. Actually. Love, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your love of sharks. No, dude, I watched Child's Play and Jaws when I was five. Why do you think I'm scared of like dolls and sharks? They can all. I think they should all die. Yeah, it's terrible. But no, I mean, I think just as a society, people are getting more desensitized and stuff. Dude, you 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 said like even when you said the uh, if you don't like gore, and I was like, this movie wasn't gory, because I mean, I'm thinking of like. Evil Dead, Evil Dead Rise, which I don't know if you've seen the trailer for that, but I mean, me and Jack have both seen it several times, and that's what I define as a gory movie. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess in a is in a traditional sense, if this came out in like the seventies, this would be a very gory movie. But nowadays, oh, oh, that would be NC seventeen. Yeah, yeah, but nowadays, just it, oh, uh, oh, this is rated R. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, it kind of looks like a PG thirteen movie. I'm telling yeah. you, I think people. You know, just, the, the difference I've noticed from PG-13 movies to rated R movies, just language. Because I know we're getting further and further into this, topic, but uh, it, I wouldn't say just language. I would actually say it's the blood. Yeah, it's really just the blood because you just if you do all the action scenes and then take out the blood, and then obviously with language, but mainly I've, that I think is the biggest thing with them. Yeah. No. Again, I just think as society, we're getting more desensitized to stuff like that, uh, which is, I mean, depending on your viewpoints, can be a good or bad thing, but. You know, I don't know. But that is going to do it for today's podcast. Uh, join us next week. We haven't really decided what we're going to do next week. A mystery episode. Yeah, because Dungeons & Dragons is debuting today. And that's getting good, really good reviews. But... We might jump in on a topic. We might we, we, we might jump in on a topic because we've been doing a lot of reviews lately, which it is called Reels Reviews, so that makes sense. But we, we've been thinking about how we want to go like deeper into the movie business or like a topic that's like really newsworthy that people are talking about that we can have a deep conversation like our movie runtimes too long or you know the uh, are people getting desensitized to blood and stuff like that 
So I think we are going to have our first topic episode. So I guess we'll see if that's going to be any good or not. It probably won't be, but we'll see. Hopefully it will be. But again, thank you all again for listening. Uh, For Jack Myrick, I am Don Weaver. Always remember to keep the popcorn popping and the reels rolling.